When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for joining this hour, too. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. Find Evan on Twitter at Evan Bland, O-W-H. Good story yesterday and a reaction to Glenn Thomas, that announcement. Evan, good to spend some time. Have, have you thought out a little bit? Uh, are, you, are you pleased with at least uh, we're in the mid-20s? Does it feel like 50 to you? It kind of does. I mean, it's... Again, like I was just saying, like I would roll down my window and drive around a little bit and probably not feel too terrible about it compared to how it's been. Like it's not painful going outside, so at this point that's a win. Painful's a word that was used at times a year ago for Nebraska's offense. Uh what's your reaction here to, to Glenn Thomas and that co coordinator title? Quarterback coach, yes, but the the co coordinator uh, with uh, the announcement, the official announcement and release. Let's talk a little bit here about what he can do to help this offense. Yeah. You know, I thought that was the most notable thing that came out of Nebraska's announcement uh, officially of his hire, uh, you know, pending the approval through the background checks and all that. But, uh, you know, you look at what Glenn Thomas has done in his career, and this is not a stretch to put him as a co-offensive coordinator. I mean, he, he was the guy in that position at Arizona State a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's been prominent parts of offenses under Matt Rule at Baylor and at other points in his career. So it's not shocking, I suppose, to say that or, or a leap to think that he could not handle something like that. So that part was interesting. You know, I think the hire in general uh, goes back to what Matt Rule's original vision was when he assembled the staff you know, 13 months ago, and that was to have Marcus Satterfield calling plays, and then it was to have a, a different person as the quarterback's coach. And that didn't work out the first time around, and so there's been some juggling of roles, um, you know, certainly at the tight end spot with, with Bob Wager's hire and resignation and Josh Martin's elevation and now return to his role as an analyst. And so that sort of all clears the way for Thomas, who – you know, again, you look at his resume, he's uh, coached with Matt Ryan in the NFL. He uh, has coached uh, a number of different types of offenses at the college level. He's worked with pro-style systems and spread attacks and, and found some success and made quarterbacks better uh, at all these different stops. So you can kind of see the vision for Nebraska, why they would want somebody like that in their room. And, um, you know, I think his name's even more prominent because they just signed a five-star quarterback in Dylan Wrightle and another Elite 11 quarterback in Daniel Kalen. And so what Nebraska is saying is they're entrusting 
their immediate quarterback future, looks, which looks awfully bright, uh, in the hands of Glenn Thomas. So big day for, I think, for the quarterbacks and for Nebraska as a program as well. Evan, in your opinion, was the mm-hmm. lack of a quarterback coach last year, with, with Pete's being the, the really rumored name, sounds like uh, that was not able to be, to be brought to fruition. I don't want to say the coaching staff struck out there, but uh, they weren't able to lock down Pete's, and Nebraska rolled without a quarterback's coach last year. Was that the biggest mistake that Matt Rule made in year one, in your opinion, or is there something else that takes the cake there? This is a discussion we're planning on getting into a little more next segment. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a mistake. It's just like circumstances didn't align the way that they hoped they would. Uh, you mentioned Pete's, and, and there were probably some other targets that they were looking at potentially for that role. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, fit, circumstance, it just didn't happen. And so Marcus Satterfield had experience in that realm. He's sort of unique in the sense that he could have really coached any of the position groups. He's pretty versatile if you look at his background. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's coached all sorts of different positions. And so quarterback sort of filled that role. But I think, you know, again, they, they, Nebraska and Matt Rule, they understand the importance of that quarterback spot. I think you look around nationally at some of your top programs in the country. Uh, most of them, if not all, have uh, designated quarterbacks, coaches. Um, so I think that was important uh, for Nebraska to address as well. And then, you know, you get into these game day situations where uh, moving forward, Marcus Satterfield doesn't have to worry about necessarily talking with whoever's coming off the field at quarterback after a given drive. He can focus uh, a little more globally on what the offense is doing, and now Glenn Thomas can have that interaction on the sideline. It doesn't even have to be Matt Rule. Um, so I think all that it makes a lot of sense structurally, certainly on game day. I think that's something they're going to be happy that they have. And, you know, again, with, with the credentials that Thomas brings too, I think, um, you know the development that they show in the off season, and then maybe week to week uh, is something we can look for too. Evan Bland is with us here on Hale Varsity. Evan with the Omaha World Herald, and find him on Twitter at Evan Bland O W H. And uh, you had a chance to get caught up with Coach Nixon, uh, Evan, and uh, he worked with with Rule, of course, at, at Baylor, but but also was that co coordinator. With Glenn Thomas, what's the word from from a peer, from a well, from a a coworker on on how and from a stylistic standpoint, Thomas rolls? Yeah, he had plenty of great things to say, and and for people that maybe don't remember Jeff Nixon, his uh, he he was the co OC at Baylor, like you mentioned. His son Will was a Husker for a short time a few years ago, so. He was someone who had been paying attention, I think, to the program a little bit and then also uh, had that working relationship for three years with uh, Glenn Thomas down there in Waco and just really complimentary of uh, his attention to detail. I thought the thing that he said that stood out the most to me was that he's he's got a high standard. Like He's not going to let things slide. Uh, He's really detailed when it comes to X's and O's and film study. When it comes to how uh, you know how quarterbacks prepare, and, and one of his points of emphasis is on uh, what that quarterback does and, and, and performance after the snap. Right, it's one thing to be able to diagnose a defense or to uh, set up a block or, or whatever, but once the bullets are flying, so to speak, uh, how does that person 
respond in the moment. And, uh, you know, Nixon said that was something that Glenn Thomas was really good about, was getting quarterbacks to react, not to overthink, not to be slowed down by sort of the analysis piece. So kind of finding that fine line between being prepared but not being over-prepared where it takes away from your ability to do your job. And so I, I think he was complimentary of those pieces. And then also just, again, the fact that uh, he, he has a wide variety of systems and, and offenses that he's coming from. He said, you know, Glenn Thomas was not married to a certain scheme or offensive attack. It was all about what's the skill sets of the players in the room and then how do we best maximize that and if you look at the results the Baylor's offense had and of course the wins and losses as well uh, you know I think it was uh, obviously a job well done. Evan with that in mind is it a big deal or not that he's co-offensive coordinator in addition to quarterbacks coach that got announced today we've laid it out is that a big deal in your opinion or is that that you know oh we'll just throw that in there get him some extra money make sure that uh, that the title matches what we want from like what what do you make of that title co-offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a little notable. Uh, ultimately, that role comes down to who's the one calling the plays. And if it's still Marcus Satterfield, and, and that's what, what we've heard, and that's uh, you know what's pretty well spelled out, then, yeah, I think sometimes it's, it's a title thing. Um, I, at some point, we'll learn through um, you know, public information request what, uh, he's, what, what Glenn Thomas' salary is going to be moving forward. And, and oftentimes... Just procedurally, yeah, you have a, a title that can sort of justify what that salary might be. So it's possible that it turns out that way. Um, you know, maybe they do have a bigger role for uh, what Glenn Thomas can can bring in terms of, uh, you know, maybe a pass game coordinator or, or something that's not necessarily spelled out in the title, but maybe there's an area that he's a little bit more uh, adept at or, or can bring a little bit more expertise to. So. I think some of that uh, remains to be seen. We'll hear what Matt Rule has to say um, probably in the next few weeks uh, if we have a chance to speak with him at that point. Um, but again, if Marcus Satterfield continues to call plays, then I think uh, you know everything else that falls under that sort of uh, academic. Evan, what what do you anticipate here with with Thomas's skill set? And let's talk application here. You've got two rookies coming in, Kalen. And Riola, both super talented, really good arms, and uh, you got to make that adjustment to college. You got to go win a job. You've got Harburg, who's really just had a year of tutoring and did nice work uh, with with his legs and hit some some passes downfield. You had some inconsistency with the accuracy part, but in fairness, the guy's not been groomed or really had a chance to throw the football or practice a whole heck of a lot a whole heck of a lot it doesn't sound like so where do you think Harburg can grow and then what do you do with the the two rookies that you're gonna really hone in on their skill set and one from a a a talent standpoint supposed to come in and, and take the job Right. Well, you know, again, I think the first thing is that they're going to find an offense and a style that's going to fit what these quarterbacks can do. And it is interesting, like you said, I mean, Harburg's skill set is different markedly than Dylan Raiola's and and Daniel Kalen is his own person, too, in terms of what he does best. And so you have to figure that out. Uh, You know, the Harburg situation, kind of like you mentioned, he He's maybe been developed for a year, truly, as a quarterback at the college level. And 
it was only last August at Minnesota that he still caught a pass in a game. So, like, it, it shows you, one, his athletic abilities and what he can do, and two, his willingness and Nebraska's willingness to be creative and how he gets on the field. So what his role will evolve into, I think, will start to take shape in the spring. Um, certainly Matt Rule and his staff have already earned a reputation as a group that likes to tinker and experiment and try a guy here and, and, and put this guy over there and see what can happen. Um, you know, The thing that I think is interesting about the group in general, I mean, you've got the two true freshmen coming in. I, I found an interview that um, Glenn Thomas gave at Arizona State a couple years ago, and his situation then was actually pretty similar to what Nebraska is. At the time, he took over that job. Jaden Daniels, who goes on to win the Heisman at LSU, had just transferred out, and they had a, a young group there too. And, and he was asked what uh, goes into developing these guys to get them ready for the season. And you know, his his answer was, "You're going to hammer the classroom stuff. You're going to get a deep understanding of the offense conceptually, what you want to do." But then he said, "Too, you know, they're going to they're going to uh, hammer home on some of the smaller details, uh, stuff like." huddling up and calling a play in a huddle or breaking the huddle and getting guys to the line. Um, so I think that also speaks to that attention to detail piece where you can't just assume a lot of the little things are going to be taken care of. You have to rep that. You have to go through that. And I think maybe that's an area that can really benefit Nebraska this year. When you are starting from scratch, there's not a lot of uh, you know common ground with these quarterbacks coming in. You're going to have to start from square one on a lot of things. And I think that's something Glenn Thomas has done and something he's comfortable doing. Evan, do you think Nebraska goes portal shopping with all the defections from Alabama? Well, I mean, you're sort of running out of time for this particular cycle, if you want these guys in here for spring ball, I mean, classes start one on Monday and then you can essentially uh, enroll late for up to a week. So you have, if you really wanted to push it, you have until December, uh, January 27th, 28th before that 29 deadline. Um, So, I mean, you, you have to kick the tires on it. I think Matt rules made clear that if there's an impact guy in the portal, they're going to take a look at him and figure out the, roster numbers and, and how how it'll all fit together later. Uh, but it, it is such weird timing, isn't it? I mean, just with all the, the coaching hirings and, and changes going on, uh, a lot of guys may not find a home this month. It may be that we'll have to uh, wait until that next cycle. And Nebraska's added guys that have been impact players before in May. I mean, they, they did that with Marcus Washington a couple of years ago when he came in. So it's possible uh, some of these names may come back onto the radar in a few months. But, yeah, I think you put your name out there. Nebraska's reputation would say that they're going to leverage relationships first. So I don't know how many obvious connections there are the Alabama or Washington players out there right now, but you can bet just given uh, their track record and history that they're probably taking a look. Evan, last thought here before we get you out, I want to go Husker basketball as they have Rutgers coming up here in about, uh, let's see. We're meeting Evan for a drink at the sports book. Are we? Evan, what are you have. doing? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll clear my calendar. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> hey, we don't get off till six, so can we Venmo you? <laughs> <laughs> but Evan, simply put, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride for Husker basketball this season. I think a lot of people have been at least enjoying the ride. Do you think the roller coaster continues in terms of up and down tonight? 
Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, tonight's the night that you can kind of break the trend a little bit and put together a strong effort on the road. And, like, again, you, you kind of look at some of the numbers that they have in terms of their wins. They've got some quality wins. I think, what, three quad one wins at this point? That's a heck of a start in building that NCAA tournament resume. But this is the stretch that starts tonight. And I think you could throw Iowa into that, too, uh, that the, where they just played, where – uh, these are the games you have to kind of prove it. Like, okay, you can get up for some of the name brands and you can get up for some big games at home, but what about the teams that are sort of your equals on the road? Um, you know, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean that Nebraska hits 10 three-pointers, but it does mean that the effort has to be there, uh, the defensive focus and concentration has to be there consistently to where Rutgers isn't getting open shots. And I think they have the personnel to do that. This is a team that looks like a grown man's team in a way that I think a lot of other Nebraska teams haven't. So to me, this tonight's game and a lot of this upcoming stretch is about between the years. And, and can you stay locked in? This is going to be a meat grinder uh, of a couple of months here going through the Big Ten stretch. And so maybe a few days off rejuvenates and refocuses what they can do. Um, but I, I think to me it's about effort. It's about defensive intensity. And if that stuff shows up, then you should be competitive, uh, you know, all the way through. Evan, we'll check in next week. Great to catch up with you. Thanks for the time, bud. Hey, thanks, guys.